0: Hello, this is Pastor Paul, and I'm an Associate Pastor at Living Word Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to say thank you for joining us today, because I know the Word from Pastor Doug will minister to your spirit, and it will build your faith. I know God will move in your life because you are a doer of the Word. Enjoy today's message.
1: This morning, as we look at the Word, it's my pleasure to bring God's Word to you is something that I I spend some time really praying about and considering every time we get ready to share something with you. I think it's important for us to understand God has what he calls a rhema word in the scripture, where we look at the Bible and we see things that are relative to our life and the times that we're in. And those particular things in scripture have special and significant meaningfulness uh, to apply to our lives in a certain time frame. know i consider when i look at the word and consider what's happening in the world right now that we're in what i call a highly prophetically charged season where so much of what's happening can be connected to scripture if you know where to look and and what the clues are in scripture you can find out what the Holy Spirit's saying about the times we're living in and how to be successful in our relationship with God and how to continue enjoying the, the the blessing that's on the kingdom of God while we're in the earth and the earth being particularly challenged. You know, man's system according to scripture is going to get more complicated and difficult and more in conflict with what God's word says as Jesus return draws near. As I share these things, I'm not meaning to in any way be alarmist or sensational. I just tend to see things in the scripture that I think are pertinent to the time and wanna share them with you. When I consider all of the the things coming against Christian life, Christian lifestyle right now, all of the changes coming in our nation and in the world, I, I am thankful that Jesus gives us so much in the scripture to give us an idea of how we should be responding how to stay in a really healthy relationship with God where we're we're supposed to be and have a healthy relativity to one another in the body of Christ. So much is challenging all of that. I wanna give you some some ideas, some scriptures, some tools to to benefit you and strengthen you. This morning, as we look at the scripture, we're gonna look particularly to the words of Jesus in the book of Matthew in a few minutes, where I, I find a great significance in things that he said there that pertain to our time. You know, I'm listening to, to news a bit more than I used to. I, I, I went years not listening to much, but the last few years, I've been listening more and more because I see things happening in, in our culture, in our nation, and in the world that directly correlate to Scripture and things that, particularly things that the New Testament tells us would be happening uh, at the end of the age. So I wanna talk about that a little bit today and and help you understand how to respond to the challenges and and I would say even problems that Christians are are facing and I think people in general will face. You know, there's a phrase going around and I talked about this Wednesday night. You might wanna go back and listen to that because I can't reteach it today. But I was talking about the, the phrase we hear in the news about global reset and that there is a global reset coming and people are talking about it openly Which is surprising to me how open that communication is in the news right now. Because what they mean by global reset is moving everything toward one world government. which scripture said would happen as the Antichrist comes on the scene. And the term Antichrist really means anti-anointing of God or those that would be against the plan of God. So when I consider that the news is openly talking about global reset, it it brings on uncertainty, anxiety, and another level of of concern beyond COVID and the the challenges of the day and the, 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 the social difficulties and being apart. It brings a whole nother layer of concern that I think we need to see what God's word reveals about that concern. So that's what we're talking about today. So I think about global reset, I recognize there's things that are going to happen that are difficult, that seem to come against Christianity, that will openly challenge uh, your even ability to identify with Christ, make it unpopular, uh, cause Christians to be persecuted, that's going to happen in the end times. In other words, it's part of God's plan that, that we go through somewhat a difficult season, and we begin to see the the world system spiral out of control. I've talked about this for the last few years, that there would be a lawlessness and there would be a restlessness and there would be an injection of chaos by the enemy coming into the world that would signal us that, that the time's drawing near. The time's drawing near first for our witness to be more solid and our determination to be really clear in walking with the Lord Jesus because there's there's spiritual forces, the forces of darkness or powers of darkness that are trying to dissuade Christians from even having a witness or living for Christ. And what's happened in the, this last season of, of reset and the uncertainty is more Christians than ever are dealing with anxiety and depression and what I would call issues uh, uh, in, in their mental health, in their their sense of stability and security and being able to feel good about things. Well, we don't get to feel good about everything all the time, but we need to understand why. Sometimes our, our feelings are, being, are coming out of our, our inability to respond appropriately to what's going on around us because we don't know how to respond. We don't really know what to think. So today's to help clarify what we should think as Christians when there's such a difficulty happening around us that will uh, turn around in our lives to be a strengthening and an encouragement. If you're wanting to look at a scripture reference, you can go to Ephesians chapter 3 today, and we're going to begin in, I think it's verse 16, because we see that God provides us help in this passage that comes from the Holy Spirit he indicates that we're going to need to be strengthened with supernatural ability and power in our lives sometimes. I believe we're at one of those points right now where many Christians are struggling to to walk in a way where their joy is full and, you know, feeling the vitality of being a Christian or new life on the inside is waned a little bit. Part of that is because we're not together like we're supposed to be, and we were commanded to be together and not forsake that as a church. So when we're not together, certain things are automatically going to happen that come against the Christian. So some of it right now has been foisted upon us, but we have to learn how to deal with it or even counter it. And the Holy Spirit who is god with us in this life is our helper for that and if we learn how to engage the holy spirit we'll be more successful Yeah, you know, i want to share with you in ephesians 3 he says that this was a prayer for a great church it wasn't a a church that was derelict or having a lot of problems it was a church that was just facing the challenges of being active in a time when the world's culture was against Christianity or rejecting the ideas of Christ. You know, what Jesus brought to the scene was an orderly way to live that God could bless. That's what we call Christianity. Of course, the enemy comes against that with chaos, with difficulty, with confusion and challenges. And that's what we're facing now. And much of that is external and beyond your control. You didn't ask for it. I didn't ask for it. It's just come in because the wisdom of the world thinks it knows more than God does. And there's a clash of those two kinds of wisdom, humanity and divinity. They're clashing because if Jesus isn't living on the inside of us, our thought processes are going to be about self-preservation and our rights and our privileges and protecting self. And then maybe a layer of let's work together and help one another. And that's a a cloak of a system that's saying we don't need God. Well, that's all uh, creating great chaos right now. And you're going to feel that as a believer. If you don't know what to do, it's going to drag you down. So today's meant to help lift you back up. That's what we're meant to do. Ephesians 3 is a prayer that says that Christ Jesus will grant you, according to the rich of his of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inward man. Now, why would we need to be strengthened with might by the Holy Spirit, except that there's seasons in our life that require it? that we're not gonna be successful as a believer without having some supernatural help. I believe that today when we pray at the end of this message, you're going to receive a supernatural infusion of the motivation for the Holy Spirit to work in your life. I say motivation because when people get down and they get out of their normal routine, it takes a kickstart to be motivated again. I've been listening to to other people uh, and, and the things that they have to say about the times that we're in, and something I recognize is people lack motivation to do right when they get out of their routine. And we think that motivation is something that we trump up or think up, but really we become motivated about 20 minutes into the right activity. And what I mean by that is as simple as, you know, I exercise every day and I have a floor routine that I do in the mornings and I have a lot of physical challenges and getting started in the morning is something I don't talk about a lot, but my joints don't work really well in the morning, particularly my, my wrists and elbows and other things that are from years of abuse in the workplace before I ever came back to Illinois, just worked this body really hard and now I feel it more. But I get up in the mornings and it takes a little while to get going. And that first set of exercises, it runs about 20 minutes, it's painful really. Every day it hurts to do that first set, but the second set, third set, fourth set consecutively feel significantly better. And it isn't because my joints radically change, it's because my, my brain is charged differently. As I get started in the routine, my brain decides it's what I need for the day and I become motivated. And it's a scientific fact that about 20 minutes into uh, right activity, into what we we want to be doing, will challenge us and our our brain will begin to work in our favor. So as much as people don't feel like doing what they're supposed to do, sometimes we just have to make ourselves get started and then know we're going to feel the motivation later. That's why there's so many habits and patterns in the life of successful people that they maintain all the time because we don't always feel like it. In fact, we're not going to feel like it in the environment that we're in. We're not going to feel motivated to serve or minister to the Lord or deal with all the challenges that are before us. We're going to sometimes pull back right when we should be pushing forward. Those of you that are maintaining your your, your work and working at home with unusual challenges, uh, teaching, you know, our teachers and all of our medical workers, you know, you're pushing through resistance that sometimes just starts out in your head and you have to choose to do what's right. And it's amazing when we get started with our day and we get the momentum of beginning that we pull through that day and there is a sense of accomplishment and sometimes exhilaration, not always, sometimes it's a sense of uh, exacerbation or exhaustion when we're done, but we got what we needed to do finished for the day, and there's an accomplishment. In these trying times, sometimes our spiritual life has to be managed the same way. Not always are you gonna feel like doing everything right or worshiping the Lord or praying today, but I encourage you, give yourself a little time to have a kickstart, because once you get your mind in gear, it's going to cooperate and you're going to have a sense of accomplishment and a sense of well-being again. The thing I'm most concerned about right now for people in their walk with God, their Christianity or their spiritual life, is just getting out of the practice and, and the discipline of doing things that are right and healthy for us in a spiritual sense, healthy for us in a mental sense. When I say mental, I'm talking about our soulish life, What we don't recognize that we get in our walk with God is we get an infusion of strength by choosing to do spiritual things. It renews our mind and our mind will help us when we engage the Holy Spirit and even our physical self will feel better as a result. We're really a spirit, soul, and body and we work in that order we learn to take on spiritual discipline, we'll feel better as a result. We will know we've done the right thing. We'll know that there's gonna be a benefit, there's gonna be fruit, and we'll physically end up more motivated. You know, I've looked at how much more uh, uh, comfort food I consume when when I'm shut in like this, and I, I hate being shut in. I, I, I like to be out in the public as much as I can. I don't like ministering, looking in a camera, and not seeing people. It's not the same thing but I've learned how to press through and do it anyway. Comfort food alone isn't enough. In fact, there are side effects I don't like gaining a few pounds, but it's not a big deal really. I recognize though, that we're motivated when we start doing the right things, everything else lines up and we'll end up feeling better. So I wanna help you with that, to know you're a spiritual being and the Holy Spirit's got a way to help you in this and whatever kind of help that you need. This is Ephesians chapter three says when, when we do this, his Holy Spirit will strengthen us on the inside and that'll manifest on the outside. I've been talking for weeks about having an outward expression of an inward work. And when we don't have the outward expression, we have to know there's something we need to do inwardly that will bring about the expression in our outward life that will help us be better and feel better, quite frankly. He says, when we we do this and engage the Holy Spirit, some things will happen. We are are being rooted and grounded in love. What that means is we're spending time with the heavenly Father who loves us, and it puts our roots down in a relationship that is is more heavenly than earthly. And we're gonna draw from heavenly good by spending time uh, uh, doing, uh, living a spiritual life like we're supposed to. He said, we'll be rooted and grounded in love so we can comprehend the goodness and greatness of God. All the way around, we'll be able to comprehend it. So when we don't choose to do the right things, when I I know Christians sometimes don't choose to listen online. I know that Wednesdays, a lot of times people aren't choosing to listen, what's pastor have to say. What I'm literally doing is giving you something that I believe you need to be rooted and grounded in the love of God so you can comprehend his goodness toward you. When we comprehend God's goodness in our personal life, in a personal way, it pushes away the oppressor. It pushes away depression. It pushes away our tendency to to feel down or feel out. We, we stay more productive, we feel better, we're healthier, we have more of the joy of the Lord in our life. And we're, quite frankly, we're just stronger as believers and we're a lot more pleasant to be around. You know, if, we have, if my family's cooped up with me, I wanna work to be the most pleasant that I can be. You know, sometimes we, we have to recognize we wanna invest in ourselves to have what we need for others. That's what he's talking about here in in Ephesians chapter three. He says that when we put our faith in Jesus that way, we'll be rooted and grounded in love so we can comprehend the fullness of the goodness of God. Literally, we're not gonna get it. We're not gonna comprehend it. We're not going to to be able to enjoy the goodness of God without taking a little time to do that. So I want to encourage you to see that's New Testament. It's to a great church. He's helping people recognize they can choose what kind of level of enjoyment and comprehension we can have of spiritual things. And I I would encourage you right now, without comprehending what's going on spiritually, you're going to have a difficult time. I would say in, in, in light of the global reset that man is determined to do that scripture says will happen, it'll be very disorienting to the Christian who doesn't stay on top of things right now. Very easy to be dissuaded from faith and take on discouragement because at the same time this is happening, there's what I call spiritual warfare. There's there's warfare in the heavenlies. We know that, that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. But there's some strongholds to be pulled down right now. And one of those is what's happening in all the governments of the world and the determination that many have to push God further out of the lives of those that want to rely and trust in him. Because of that, as believers, we have to pray and know what to do and keep our relationship right. You know, on top of that, there's the cloak of COVID, that's what I call it. It's a cloak that the enemy's using to keep people apart, to divide righteous relationships. And we have to immunize ourselves against the effect of that more than the effect of the virus, or we're going to see our relationship with God and our relationship with the church dwindle and uh, be, be ineffective in our lives. God wants us to have a vital relationship with him. That's what he's talking about here to a great church in Ephesians chapter three. He says in verse 20, so now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we can ask or think, he can do this according to the level or degree of power that's working in us. In other words, God is limited to the the ability or power that he has to work in our lives by our drawing near to him and listening to him, looking for what it is he's having to say and using his word to immunize our our mind against all the effects uh, and negativity that's in the world right now, all the discouragement. He says the ultimate effect is then he will have glory in the church throughout all the ages. I believe the devil's trying to take the glory of God out of the body of Christ out of his church by keeping us apart for one thing, putting people in a mode where they're discouraged by being more alone than ever, causing people to feel down and out and not motivated to, to keep a spiritual discipline. You know, many believers are not disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ and the distinction, the difference right now is those that don't have the discipline to stay motivated will begin to suffer and need help from others. I know that's happening in the body of Christ. I know that that's had an effect, an impact, even on our church. So I wanna encourage you today, take take a little time you're listening for the word this morning, apply it to your life and and come out of what I call the funk of this season. Don't let the enemy drag you down any further. I wanna look to the words of Jesus to encourage you further this morning because the Holy Spirit leads us and helps us know how to do the right thing Yes, it'll meet God's expectation, but it also pushes the oppressor, pushes the enemy out of our pathway, out of our day-to-day life, and helps us walk in a way that we're encouraged and strengthened with might, as Ephesians said, by the Holy Spirit in our inward man, that we are doing what it takes to maintain an inward strength that's gonna have an outward manifestation, that's gonna to, going to have an outward communication in our life to benefit others and even to keep us encouraged. So this is Matthew chapter three and it starts out where John is talking about Jesus uh, coming on the scene. It's at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry and I've learned in the scripture and scripture bears this out by many prophetic voices in the scripture and even what Jesus said we can see what life will be like in the end of days by what life looked like for the early church, the latter-day church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not talking about Mormonism here. I'm talking about the church that recognizes the world is out of control and needs Jesus as an answer. That's the New Testament church or the latter-day church that we're a part of, should recognize that when conditions in our lifetime become more and more like it was in the, the conditions for the early church. And they're being persecuted and Rome stepping in and beginning to dictate more and more what people could do and couldn't do. The government demanding uh, compliance on all kinds of things and, and undivided loyalty that Christ had to come secondary, religion was second to government the same kind of conflicts happening again. So when I consider that, I look to what was happening at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in the early church, and I see the same things. So it tells us how to live and that we're gonna have to rely more and more on our helper, the Holy Spirit, to succeed. Otherwise, we'll be part of a downward spiral, and our Christianity will suffer, and our life will begin to look and feel like the world and take on the same characteristics. We're to not experience defeat, even though we have battles. We're to win the battles in the end. It's called the fight of faith. It's called a good fight of faith. If we do what it takes to win, it's not good until we can see the victory in our heart and then expect it to come into our lives. And uh, Matthew chapter three, beginning in verse two, John speaking, and he came saying to you, his message was a message of Repentance. He was telling the people coming to baptism that that they must repent. There was a sense in in the early church, there was a sense in the Jewish community and even the Gentile community that things were out of control, that government was out of control, and there was a distrust in the system of man that is much like it is today, divided and divided and divided with no sense or really even hope of unity. Man was calling for unity, but they were commanding that people come into compliance to get a unity that wasn't even from the heart. It was a forced kind of compliance. Well, we're seeing that and sensing that same thing in the atmosphere again. So I look at at people coming into John the Baptist to be baptized. They wanted to have a sense of being clean and right with God. And that should be happening in us right now as we see the world going out of control, that we want to we know that we're living differently. We want to know that we're pleasing to God. So John was, was preaching water baptism. And he said, Isaiah prophesied in, in verse 3 that one would come saying, Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. So as John the Baptist is preaching, he's referring to Isaiah in the Old Testament, talking about Jesus coming on the scene. That Jesus' message would be prepare the way of the Lord and make his path straight because God had a straight path for us, a straight way, a straightened out way for us to live. And John the Baptist was preaching repentance because people knew things were out of whack, out of place. The early church, those that, that wanted to serve God, were were coming in to create what would be the New Testament church. The, the, the Gentiles, the lost, were coming in and Jews were coming in knowing they needed a Savior. They needed something more than what they had. There was a clash with, with government and compliance And people were looking for the mercy and grace of God rather than an increase of law and fear and concern and uh, the, the, the forced compliance that was happening. So people were coming to John to be baptized in water for what he called the remission of sins or what we say today, the forgiveness of sins and it was the very early manifestation of the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. People quite frankly wanted to be saved from the destruction, wanted to be saved from the wrath to come because they could tell things were spiraling out of control. So as John is preaching this message, Jesus is headed toward the water to be baptized himself in water as an example. But John is baptizing and, and preaching a message that it's time to find the straight path of the Lord and to repent. And I know and I'm talking to Living Word, I'm kind of preaching to the choir and I appreciate that. But I wanna tell you the basis of, of rightness with God is to seek repentance. And you know, if we're not feeling motivated and we're not choosing to be motivated to live for Jesus more than ever before, the enemies got in that relationship. We need to cry out and say, Jesus, forgive me. Take away this tendency for me to not live for you the way I ought to. And I would begin it by asking him to, again, uh, bring that fullness of salvation in. That's what they're doing in this picture. And people were being baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan, and they were confessing their sins. You know, something that I see that's gone out of a lot of believers' lives is the honesty before the Lord Jesus to talk to him about our challenges and sin that comes in. You know, some sin is just a sin of omission, just meaning that we're not just we're not doing right. We may not, may not be openly doing wrong, but we're not just openly doing what the scriptures say to do. That can be in the outward expression of what we know is right on the inside. I believe that there's a great awakening coming for anybody that would begin to seek the Lord that way and ask him, what does it mean to be a vibrant and alive Christian in our day and age and go back to living that way? I remember how it was 40 years ago and we need to experience an awakening to have a witness and a revival like that again. There's never any great revival, any great move of God without first the church crying out in repentance and forgiveness of sin. So as much as many times believers are in denial that they need that, everybody needs a good dose of that. Why? It's a healthy reality to go to Jesus as Savior again and say, I still need you in that way. That was the message John was preaching in days that were very much like we're experiencing right now. They maybe had a little bit more persecution, a little bit more government intervention and forced control, like I think is about to happen in, in even the United States. They, they, were, they were experiencing what we're experiencing now is, is what I see. But he said, make the, the path, make the Lord's path straight. Well, if anybody can do that, it's those that most love him. He was talking to people who had a heart change and they were at the water's edge to immerse themselves in water, to say, I'm gonna come out of this water and live differently. I wanna tell you that we're at a moment like that where this season of isolation and COVID and the reset is meant for believers to respond in the same way, to say, Heavenly Father, I want you to immerse me again in your love and forgiveness and let me come out of the water of this time, this challenging time, changed and different and clean and empowered and emboldened more than ever before. John was creating the audience we call the New Testament church by people finding forgiveness for sin. If we're going to have a reviving and we're going to see a change and we're going to see an upturn in the body of Christ rather than a spiraling down, we have to go where they had to go then and be immersed back in our salvation in the truest sense and let Jesus save us fully and completely. So we have to find out and demonstrate. What we do is we then become demonstrators of what it is to be the glory of God in the earth, what it is to live in a full relationship with him and have the answers when there's nowhere else to look for answers and have the blessing when there's not enough supply to go around. And that's what's coming into the earth We need to be God's way to supply love and to supply good in the earth. That's his destiny for us. So people came in, verse 6, and they were baptized, confessing their sin. And and then a group came in, the Pharisees and Sadducees, who were Jesus' religious critic, who were were coming in and criticizing John. And uh, John asked them, uh, who has warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Because there were religious people that were looking critically at the grace of God in what John was doing in baptism. And John saw right through it and said, okay, there's going to be criticism from a lot of tradition and religion and a lot of people thinking they have a right path. But John was saying there has to be a true repentance of the heart. It's not a matter of being religious in our thinking or obligated to try to do the right thing but to really have a heart of tenderness. So John said to that group that they had to bring forth the, the fruits that were acceptable for repentance. In other words, they were there to go through the motions, but there had to be a, a work done on the inside to be motivated to for even repentance to be real and to be right. And that's what that act of, of, of repentance was, was baptism. So he was challenging them And then he went on to say, uh, he was quoting Isaiah again in verse 10. He said, and now also the ax is laid to the root of the trees. Well, that's pertinent to our time. There comes a time when in the cycle of God's mercy, his mercy and judgment are married and are as one. And it's the season as Jesus is prepared to return and perceives that that season is upon the earth that there comes a separation uh, that we call the harvest where God's doing a great work of harvest and he's wanting people to be saved in the earth and the Holy Spirit is witnessing through the believers who are willing to proclaim the acceptable way of the Lord like John was in this picture. You and I as believers are supposed to be like John the Baptist in this hour, proclaiming the right way and revealing the right path. That's what this message is about, is to show you what it is in the scripture and how we're to demonstrate that. And that's our role and that's quite frankly our our gateway to blessing in this hour. I've been calling at the harvest for years now that God's moved us into a harvest season, but there's an aspect of harvest that I want you to be concerned about and aware of, and even uh, uh, get a hold of the fear of God a little bit on on this part of it, because we're called to be workers in the harvest. And he says that there's going to be a time come like this. And John was talking about it. Isaiah prophesied it, and Jesus came to put it in motion. And now also the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that brings forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Now he's talking to the Christian leaders of the day, or they thought they were Christian. They were religious leaders of the day. And he's saying there's gotta be a heart work and a demonstration. And we bring out of our heart fruit of repentance, or there's a demonstration of repentance. That means our life changes and we know it. We know the secret things that aren't right with God are made right, and we're willing to talk about that. We're willing to bring that out in the open. And God sees it and responds to it. And he said, without that, the ax is going to be laid to the root of those trees. Now, that would concern me as a pastor, because a lot of times people live in a a cloaked kind of a way where they think they're doing all right, but there's not any fruit that they can identify in their own life. It's not for me to look at you and identify the fruit or anybody else for that matter. It's for you to identify that your relationship with Jesus is richer today than it was yesterday, better this week than last week, certainly and significantly surpassing last year in this year. Well, it would be the one thing and for many people, the only thing that might surpass last year in being better than last year. But I want you to get a hold of it because the prophets and even Jesus himself said there would come a time in the church world where there would be judgment hit the body of christ when everybody's crying out for mercy there would be mercy made available in the form of judging ourselves so we wouldn't be judged i want to encourage you in a time when everybody's looking for a happy clappy soothe me comfort me give me spiritual comfort food this is the real deal that i believe we need to hear that in our doing it will result in the comfort of the holy spirit God's not obligated to comfort us in our tribulation unless we respond to him. Then he will always comfort us in all our tribulation. So to get the comfort, we've got to respond the right way in this season. And we're in a tribulation kind of season. I believe that we're not in the great tribulation, but we ought to be perceiving it coming. We ought to be aware of the potential that 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 season could be any time that means that that we need to be ready and we need to be watchful he's talking here about god eliminating taking out of the picture those who are not motivated to produce fruit he said to produce the fruit of repentance particularly here that means a life that looks more and more like jesus that means a heart that is motivated to get together is motivated to serve him that doesn't want to put up with isolation and lack of fellowship that is determined that, that we, we find a way to fellowship and more than anything else, be Jesus' witness in the earth. In a time where it's difficult, we can shine as bright beacons and be the house on the hill uh, that can't be hid and be swept under the bed or hid under a basket. That's who we're to be. But he's saying here clearly, there comes a point that, that, that God does some eliminating. He doesn't say he's swinging the ax, the devil will swing the ax. The devil is out to take people out of fellowship. I've seen it more in the last five years than I ever thought I would see it in my lifetime. More than half the believers I know aren't serving the Lord Jesus at all. They say they are. They'll have an outward expression of what should be an inward work, but there's no real inward work anymore. So the outward expression is weak. The candle is dim. I, I, I know that God doesn't forsake people, but they can forsake him. And many people cling right now to want to think they're all right when they ought to be embracing the idea they're not all right and they need to get right. So you can take that for what you will, but there's, there's a coming time and I'll say it this way, I believe we're right in the middle of it. I believe that people who are, are sitting back feeling sorry for themselves are seeing themselves separated more and more from, from the word, from fellowship, from believers. And they're going to find themselves cut out in a way, cut out of the blessing of God because they choose not to serve the master in a way that that we're allowing him to do a heart work. I know that's a tough message today. And I promise we're going to go into Christmas season. We're going to talk uh, uh, more about the love of God. But this is what love looks like in this hour, a warning, a warning to the believer to do whatever it takes to stay in right fellowship with the Lord Jesus. And don't be so easily dissuaded. Be confirmed in, in your faith as much as you're confirmed at your work. I know people are working from home. Many are finding unusual ways to communicate just like we're doing online. I don't like this better than meeting in person, but I have a determination to do whatever it takes to put the word out because that's my primary function in the body of Christ to hear what heaven is saying and to bring it forward in the most pure way that I can. And that's what I'm doing today. And what I'm doing is saying we are in a season we ought to take notice and take warning as a body of Christ to do whatever it takes to stay in close fellowship with the Lord and with his church because he put us in those relationships on purpose and will not succeed without staying in the confines that God ordained boundaries that we're to live in. So God's eliminating those that lack motivation to produce fruit. That's why I started out talking about motivation. I don't wake up every day and know what it is God wants to produce in my life, but I go before him and I ask him. I ask him what to to bring to teach you. I ask him what to do in my, my daily witness talking to others and quite frankly, just to get things done and to thrive rather than survive. Now, John goes on to to tell the people here in verse 11, he said, Jesus is coming to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He's letting them know there's a richer baptism for them to experience than just the one of repentance. And I'm going to tell you, when we don't enjoy an immersion in our life with our helper, the Holy Spirit, we're going to begin to have lack in our Christian walk. Similarly, if we don't let the same Holy Spirit do the work of fire in our lives, we're going to face the fire of God another way. The fire of God in a believer is the work of God's mercy when we know we need help and we cry out for our helper, the Holy Spirit. It's recognizing in this message, I'm not living like I ought to be or how I want to be. I'm not as on fire for God as I should be. Well, to get on fire for God, we've got to let him burn away the the stuff that would otherwise put the fire out. Think of it this way. In this time of isolation, the enemy's tried to throw a wet blanket on your Christianity. He's tried to do that with everybody from the top down and change the nature of, of our walk with God and the joy that we have in fellowship. And we have to take hold of that and get it back with the Holy Spirit's help. Otherwise, we won't even be producing the, the fruit acceptable the righteousness anymore. We won't even look like, act like, talk like, think like a believer anymore. We'll get in a survival mode like the world gets in. We'll get in, in all kinds of, uh, of trouble and look like and act like the world and then begin to doubt the authenticity of our salvation in the first place. If you find yourself doubting any of that, you can get it back by choosing to be motivated today to let the Holy Spirit do a work. First, uh, j- just coming in to immerse yourself in Him. I do that one way is I-, I look at the scripture and I when I'm not feeling it, I look for what I'm not feeling and I find it in the scripture. Right now, one of the things to do to, to immerse yourself in-, in time with the Holy Spirit is put on some good worship music, I believe by next week, we'll have our worship team back and bring some worship to you online again. And I know it's not the same as being there in person, but if you can be there, be there. If you can't, it's the best we can produce. Throw your hands up and worship the Lord and enjoy time in his presence anyway. As ridiculous as it sounds to a person who's not used to doing that, it's how we immerse ourselves in fellowship with the Lord by abandoning everything else, shutting everything else out, closing our eyes and worshiping him. Similarly, prayer and getting into prayer where we're excited to pray is evidence that we're immersed in the Holy Spirit. When we're not excited to pray, we've not found that place of being immersed in the Holy Spirit again. I'm gonna tell you this way. You'll not thrive without his help right now. Almost everything in this world, even the politic of the nation, the direction that everything is going is releasing a negativity and fear and anxiety in the very air that we breathe. You can counter it by getting a little bit more of heaven in the person of the Holy Spirit. I can't wait to be together because in worship, we're gonna experience that more than we have. I believe there's a new outpouring and a greater outpouring when we come together to worship than ever before. In fact, I I say this today, prophetically speaking, this is a prophetically charged message. We will choose to do what pleases God and it'll release in us the power of God, not just to endure the days ahead, but to thrive and come into a greater anointing to be, be in God's blessing than ever before. But he says we get that by receiving what the Holy Spirit wants to do and allowing the fire of God to work. Then he goes on to say a a, a verse that is the key to the day, that is the heart of God in the matter that he's been speaking to me about for some weeks now. He says uh, the the Holy Spirit will have his fan in his hand. In other words, he's going to fan the fire. He's going to accelerate the process of getting the junk out of the way he will thoroughly purge his floor. Well, he's talking about a threshing floor and he's talking about ancient practice that I'll illustrate in a minute. And he says, and then he will gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Well, years ago when I started increasingly talking about harvest season, you know, around here, people are agrarian or tied to agriculture or see it going on. We get excited about harvest season because it's the fruit of labor that is coming in and uh, it measures the degree of success and how we get to live in the coming season. What we don't think about is what the grain is going through as it's harvested. Right now, the way to understand harvest is the, the, the God's reaping endeavor is happening in the earth. In Old Testament practice and ancient farming practice, they went in and worked the fields by hand and put the wheat in sheaves. And even in in, uh, early Illinois, they were doing that, putting the corn in shocks and the wheat in sheaves and the hay in piles out in the field before it was ever baled. There was a gathering and a garnering in the field where things were cut and stacked. Well, I believe that that's been going on for some time and we've seen the body of Christ. Many people gravitate to an an easy Christianity that requires nothing of them. And what happens is they dry up on the inside and people like that only look for inspiration to be motivated another week rather than revelation that requires change and growth in us. And we just need to be inspired all the time. Well, we dry out without adequate inspiration And the Holy Spirit's supposed to inspire us by us having a knowledge of an inward work. What I believe is happening now in the time that we're in is the Holy Spirit's beginning to take the sheaves of weed and work the work of harvest, bring the weed onto the threshing folder, see what God's looking for, who do I really have to work with? Who do I have that will allow the chaff to be separated in their lives? In other words, Our life has some limitations if we don't let God do a work on us. Wheat has an outer coat that is chaff, and without it being removed, it's hard for the wheat to be used for any real purpose. In fact, it doesn't become the bread of life when we think of it. It doesn't become useful to the master without the chaff being removed. In fact, it won't really be effectively used as seed without the chaff being removed. So in ancient practices, the, the, the wheat came onto the threshing floor, and it was beaten up. It went through a beating. It went through a process of wind and beating. And if the, the chaff wasn't yielded away from the wheat in that process, it also went through the fire as another way to get the chaff off of the wheat. Well, I, I would encourage you to, to let the Holy Spirit have his work so that we don't have another kind of fire, a fire of judgment. Because if we let the Holy Spirit do a tender work in us, he'll toast that chaff out of our life rather than it seemed to be over an open flame. I know that sounds a little alarmist and people want to cry out for the grace and mercy of God, but that is the grace and mercy of God. So that we will be in the chosen uh, to be removed from the earth before a great tribulation in the end. That's what the New Testament teaches is coming and I believe the flavor of things that we see happening in the earth today. So I wanna encourage you to understand the church itself. All those that call themselves believers in Christ Jesus are going through a threshing process. As a child in harvest season, as a young kid, I would get up in the combine and, and ride with my dad or my grandfather. And enjoy that time because it was the, the height of, of farm life. And uh, you could you could know what was coming in the, the grain prices and the harvest, and it was it was a time of anticipating that everything had been worth it. Right now the Heavenly Father is is knowing that it's all worth it. But he's looking for who does he have to work with right now? Who's gonna yield by choice to the working of the Holy Spirit? To, so that our lives become a seed for God to use in the end time harvest so that we'll die to ourselves enough to be used mightily by God. That's what's happening on the threshing floor. Think of it in a modern way. This is easy to understand. I would have dreams as a kid. I started talking about that. That I'd get off the combine and be working on it and out, go out to get it unplugged or unstopped or get a rock out of the teeth, we called it. The cutters would get a a piece of uh, granite or something would come up in the field and get in there if we didn't see it. And you'd hear it clanking around and we shut the combine down and jump off to get it out. Well, successfully always the combine would be shut down, not always turned off. If things were in a hurry, we learned to turn it off. But we would get down off the combine and get the rock out and then climb back up to work without incident, but I would dream as a kid over and over again that we'd be out working on the front of it and the combine would, it would come on of its own volition and come after us and chase us through the field. I, I dreamed that countless times as a kid. And uh, it seemed like I could never run fast enough to get away from it over to the side. I could only run just fast enough to stay ahead of it getting me. Well, that was a terrible dream as a kid. And one that I found a lot of farm kids have had a similar dream like that that have talked to even recently. So a common dream. But I want to say this about the season that we're in. We won't get away from God's plan for harvest and in time harvest. The first thing you're going to feel and go through as a believer is go through the combine of the Holy Spirit's working. And I believe right now, that's the anointing on the body of Christ is to let him do a work on us that removes the chaff from us individually as a believer and what it is is dying to ourselves enough to put God first enough that our life then becomes the seed that God uses at the end of the age that we become his empowered witness his empowered voice his empowered message his demonstration of the glory of God in the earth, by allowing him to have what Jesus calls his perfect work in our lives. I believe that everything happening right now to us as a church even our local church, all this shutting down, shutting away and people dealing with isolation or COVID itself or having to work from home or the aggravation that that our medical folks are having to go through and all the extra work and our teachers and administrators and all the extra work and uncertainty, all of that is designed to cause us to, to not even focus on for a minute what God's wanting to do in our heart to empower us in the age to come. We're not gonna change whatever comes on the politic of the nation, if it's a part of this cycle. I'm crying out that we have a reprieve and we have some time left before things begin to really wind down, but I also have this knowing on the inside, I'm not in control of that. When it comes into God's timing, he calls this Kairos time in scripture or God's design for life and certain events to happen in a sequence that will lead to jesus return and ultimately the final days of judgment on the earth and humanity so that he takes it all back it means that satan's lease on this earth is winding to an end and he knows it and he's out to try to hinder the work of god he can't stop it and i think he knows he can't stop it but he wants to try anyway while he's out to stop the goodness of God. And we're here to bring it on, to be a part of God's in time blessing to the world. That's who you are. I wanna remind you and stir in you hope this morning as I get ready to pray that hope be stirred in your heart today to live a life of faith and begin to ask the Lord, what do you wanna do? Lord Jesus, it's your birthday right now. What can I do to give you more of me? What can I do to give my life back to you so that you have something more to work with in the earth? I believe, and I know I'll say it this way, the eye of the Lord is looking to and fro in all the earth right now to see who it is he can empower, to see who it is he has to work with, to see who it is that will put him first above ourselves and lay down our life, to pick up the Lord Jesus' life and his mission and his goal and his dream, to live Jesus' dream in the end days. What that'll do is change the effect of what goes on in the world on our lives. And our lives can remain blessed, and even come into greater good than we've ever seen, greater glory of God in our lives than we've ever seen, because that's what the scriptures say. We're to go from one level or degree of glory to the next, to the next, to the next. It is not God's will. As the world spirals out of control for the church to lose momentum and for Christians to give up and give in. It's God's desire in his plan to give his church the greatest anointing and blessing we've ever seen because we have chosen to meet God's conditions from our heart. I wanna pray for you this morning. If you're with somebody in proximity, if you're with your family, uh, come into agreement together and let's pray because I believe there's an anointing for the day that we live in and right choices in this season bring on the power of God more than ever before. The devil can't stop God's will from happening if the church will choose to align with Jesus in this hour. Heavenly Father, Help every person listening today, whether they're, they're in the church, outside the church, or just happen to be listening today, to be emboldened to receive this word and understand it enough to say, I believe it in Jesus' name by faith. Heavenly Father, you endue us with power from on high by your Holy Spirit to change how we respond to the future. Heavenly Father, this world is going to come to an end eventually as we know it. But life as a believer will increase in glory and increase in momentum, an increase in your miracle working power, and increase in testimony for the good in our lives. Now, Heavenly Father, search our hearts and speak to us about any place we need to yield to you more fully forgive us of wrong attitudes and wrong ideas in this hour of challenge we come to you to help us meet the challenge and succeed and find the victory because we have faith in the lord jesus christ and we will see his blessing and we will see success and not defeat we will see victory in jesus name because we know greater is he who lives in us than he that is in the world. So Heavenly Father, we look inward this morning to yield to your perfect working, to yield to your anointing of power in our lives this week, that momentum be gained. Father, I thank you this will be a season where we grow in God and aren't diminished in our faith, where we embrace our knowledge of the goodness and power of God going into the future, that we will grow in, in faith and witness and see the power of God. the Father, touch every person in a tangible and physical way right now, that there is a perception and a knowing in the outward man and the inward man of your working. In Jesus' name, I thank you and pronounce it. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday. If you can come out in person, come out in person. If you can't, post some comments. Let us know you're out there listening. But I believe we're to gather together in as much force as we can and see the goodness of God spoken and demonstrated for his people yet again. I speak life and healing and
0: blessing over you now in Jesus' name. We'll see you soon thank you for joining us a special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry it's because of you that ministry at living word church is possible you can get more information on our website at go to lwc.org you can also give online as well if you enjoyed today's podcast you can subscribe you can share it with your friends you can take a screenshot and post it to your social stories. You know what? You can even share it in person with someone who needs encouragement from God's Word today. Thanks again for listening. And as always, you're welcome to join us in person where we will worship together and God will minister directly to you. Be blessed this week and be a doer of His Word.